0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Gallon Podcast, aka Killgallon's Pub. How's it going out there? As always, I like to start off with a little gratitude. Big thanks to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. I love you guys to death. All my YouTube subscribers, all the people over on TikTok, and the Patreon subscribers, you guys, I can't thank enough. Throwing a little bit of money my way, really appreciate that. If you're not on the Patreon, you got to check it out. So some lost episodes there, some bonus content, some stand-up sets uh some blogs yeah i've done some blogs Can you believe that shit also i want to do some thanks for some shows i did uh recently do, been doing a lot of got a good rhythm going with stand-up comedy again and it feels great did a bunch of shows at the laugh factory of the weekend so big thanks to the laugh factory amazing staff the whole crew over there you guys are the best uh i did a uh, blackout diary shout out to my guy jonah jerkins that was really fun uh comedian chris trani uh, he runs a, a really great show in Chicago. I uh, got to hop on too. So yeah. And then last night, Wednesday night, November 10th, I did comedians. You should know, which you guys have been listening for a while. Comedians. You should know is a show that's in Chicago, New York should be returning to LA soon. LA's comedy scene's got a, a lot of different things going on compared to other comedy scenes. So hopefully that'll be back soon. But, uh, the one in Chicago, beautiful downtown Chicago, Timothy O'Toole's takes place every Wednesday night. I got to do it last night. And it was awesome. It was a really fun crowd. I got one of my best friends in the world, Megan Gailey, was in town, who is expecting. That's public knowledge. I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, So she's got some really fun material. I knew she would. You ever see something happen to a friend, and you're like, damn, they're going to come up with some real, like, damn, in a good way. Like, damn, I can't wait to hear the material they're going to come up with. And I feel like, you know what? Women in comedy, you're always complaining how tough you have it. Get pregnant. Half an hour of material right there. Go out there. Go out there. Even if you're not in a relationship, find a dude, tell him, Hey, you, you stay in there. You don't, don't you go pulling out, right? Dig your nails into his hips at the right moment. He'll splooge in you. Nine months later, you got a baby. So that's, that's, if you're not prepared, that could be very difficult, but there's a love there. But think about all the material you're going to have as a pregnant female comedian, just a whole, I mean, open up so many doors for you, your comedy's gonna go in such by the way. Everything I'm saying, do not do. I was joking. Uh, don't do it, don't do it for material. That's nuts. Every now and then I'd worry about some of my comedian friends, not my female ones, they're smarter, but like they do some stuff where I'm like, Are you self sabotaging because you haven't written a new joke in a while? Come on, man. There's there's better ways to do it. You don't have to ruin your life for a new 10. Don't don't do it that way. So, yeah, another show I did that I, I think comedians you should know first, because i think you know, I've been part of so many I, yeah, I'm one of the producers, I'm one of the kind of founders. You know, I'm, I'm big shit at Community No Mountain, but this show it's called All That Good Stuff. It's out in Lagrange, suburb of Chicago, probably not that far outside the city, really. You know, it sounds far. The Lagrange sounds like holy shit. Where's this town? But a nice town. By the looks of it, some money, and uh, it was run by Mary Kate uh, Beck, who's really cool, very funny. Also, uh, Bridget McGuire. Really funny, too. All three of the women who produced the show are amazing. Uh, Last but not least, uh, Maggie DiPaolo, who's really cool. I met Maggie, I want to say last summer or spring at at a show out in the Burbs, and she's hilarious. All of them are really cool. The crowd was really great, and it was really interesting. I I know I'm talking a lot of stand-up comedy right now, so you non-comedians listening are probably, you know, might be a little bored with this, but just bear with me here. There's a greater overall point and it's kind of a cool thing to think about too, if you're a fan of stand-up comedy is you could do the same jokes and, and the same night, two different crowds and the reactions from those crowds will always make my head scratch sometimes. Like I did three shows last Friday and I remember doing the one joke, pretty much all three sets and getting a different reaction each time. And it's just like, I don't, all right, people are different. They're weird. The older crowd, the show, all that good stuff in the Grange, I want to say the average age was like shit, close to 50 in there. And and they were great. They roll with a lot of stuff. Now, the show comes you should know, they were really great too, but there was one or two lines where I'm like, you guys are younger, you're a little bit more socially aware, even though most of you know I'm kidding, you're still taking it with a little bit of oh, I don't know, buddy. Ah, like, which is slightly annoying a little bit. And I've I've had this conversation with people before about. This is about culture. really. I'm not even talking comedy. This is in general, how it used to be that the open minded side would hear whatever you had to say and then make a judgment. You know, obviously they're not going to like what you had to say if they don't like it, but they would hear you. So it's like, oh, OK, let's hear your jokes about racism. Now it's if you go up there and you start to talk about you just bring up the topic, they shut you down. I mean, they're not yelling, fuck, you don't say that, but you can tell they're just right away. They're making a snap judgment or they're like, by the looks of this guy or gal or whatever, I don't like where they're going and I don't want to hear this topic. It makes me uncomfortable and all this. And I think that's not a good place to be as a society. To hear certain things that make you immediately go, don't don't care what your opinion is. Don't want to hear it. Don't that's strange because you might have you might find it hilarious. You might think, oh, that was great. Why did I get so scared? You might, I don't know. I just feel like, so when people talk about the whole thing with speech and comedy and all that kind of stuff, yeah, there's a side of people who, yeah, stop saying, you know, hateful words for the sake of laughing or punching down or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get that argument, but my argument's never been about that because, you know, those comics who will still say like, you know, homophobic slurs and shit like that on stage, they're they're fading away. I think there's an argument there where it's like, yeah, don't say that shit. When you say that shit, this part of the population is not going to like you. Yeah, no shit. There's consequences to what you say. Free speech is not being threatened. It's not. As long as I could hop on a microphone or anyone can hop on a microphone, say whatever they want, and the government doesn't interfere. Because that's what people have to remind themselves. Free speech is protected by the government. Now, if corporations are like, yeah, we didn't like what you had to say. We're not going to advertise with you anymore. That's not your free speech. Being threatened at all that's the private market that's you know what i mean that's their free speech they're using their free speech to be like hey fuck what you just said we're taking money away that used to support your show so i know i know people have been talking a lot about that shit but it's just something to think about so last night in the early show the older crowd i remember i started off with some jokes about i don't want to give away too much new material because you know it's not out there yet but uh let's just say i was talking about like you know, being friendly with strangers, like when you're out in the world, and then uh, a masturbation joke got tatted, t- t- tagged on to it, and this woman, f- dead center, front row, basically or second row, she was laughing along with the, you know, the strangers and neighbor stuff, and then g- gave like a odd, like a thumbs down as I bring up masturbation. She's like, ah, nah, went thumbs down, and I'm like, first of all, I was the last comedian going up, and there had been some topics talked about throughout the night you know sex was talked about drugs were talked about so it wasn't like it was out of nowhere and then she audibly said i like that stuff but i didn't like the masturbation stuff and i was like well thank you for this critique in real time here thank you you know a lot of people have to pay good money for a focused study like this and then i said to her because i mentioned neighbors she's like i know i like the neighbor stuff and i go guess what your neighbors they masturbate all of your neighbors masturbate you don't like masturbation stuff well, guess what? Your neighbors are probably at home. The ones who aren't here and they're tugging it right now. They might be tugging it to you or maybe they're fingering themselves to, you, you know, I said that i leaned lean into and then the rest of the crowd, like they saw what I was doing. I was having some fun with her a little bit. And then, and then it was great. The rest of it was great. But I did mention how some shows, not the show I did last night, but I've done shows where they say, Hey, there's old people here. You can't talk about, you can't swear in front of old people. And my response was always, well, who the fuck do you think taught me these words in the first place? And I've always found that old people hate to find out that someone else was trying to police the show for their benefit. I cannot tell you the number of times I've had old, old people, eighties at a show and said, did they really tell you to like censor yourself and not, you know, talk about, you know, edgy things. And yeah, yeah. They kind of wanted us to keep it PG, you know, which I respect. Look, if you book me and you're like, Hey, it has to be PG. I could then, then decide yes or no. I want to do your show. That, that's totally fair. If you run a show, run it the way you want to run it. But every now and then it is funny to me when, if I'm on stage in the middle of that and the old people are like, say whatever the fuck you want. Eh, I'm going to do that. And then worry about, you know, the shit you're going to give me after the set. Cause how, how am I not going to take advantage of that? Really old people and audiences are way cooler than anyone thinks. And I'm not talking about like middle age. I'm talking 40s, 50s. I'm talking 70s, late 60s, 70s, 80s. That's like they're cool. I remember the one old lady said to me a few years back, like she's like, "I could be dead tomorrow. I want to hear all the crazy shit. You think I want to go up there and hear jokes about airport peanuts and and doing laundry? No. Let me know. I want to know what the current generation's into and what they think is funny. And I thought to myself, I'm like, yes. This woman gets it, especially at the end. If you were at the end of your life, aren't you thinking to yourself, what other crazy shit can I cram in? Or at least, I mean, you're probably old and you don't want to move around a lot, but you might think to yourself, like, I don't, I would be pissed. I would be like, you're trying to fucking tell me what I should hear based on my age. You're assuming because I got white hair and wrinkles that I don't want to hear. About comedians getting into fucking uh, you know, orgies and whatnot. You know, if, if I was that person, I'd be like, look at me. Look at these wrinkles. How do you think I got these wrinkles? Orgies. That's right. This wrinkle here, that was an orgy back in 72. I'll never forget it. This wrinkle here, Woodstock bitch. Like, you know what I mean? That so there's a woman who came up to me after my set. So I think I talked about weed legalization or something like that. That joke's actually on YouTube. I slid that an older bit in about uh how weed should be legal in all 50 states but the problem is you know too many people vote against it because they're fucking idiots essentially and uh she was like i never smoked marijuana in my whole life this woman by the way was cool as hell she had a red leather jacket on like almost 80 with a red leather jacket on like yeah she had some orgies right back in the day you know what i'm saying but she probably didn't actually because she seemed really cool all right not cool not orgies are cool you know what i'm fucking saying guys don't give me all tongue tied i see what you're doing out there listeners Here's the point. She said, I never smoked marijuana in my entire life. She had some medical thing. I couldn't really hear her. It was a little loud in there. But I knew she was like, and then my doctor suggested, you know, marijuana. But not the smoking kind because I got, like, some lung stuff. I'm like, all right, you know. And she goes, but the, the CBD, like, I think she said some gummies. She said some edibles. She knew what she was talking about. And then she looked at me and she goes, I love them the best. And then she had a thing. She's like, I am so for Because I saw her cheering when I said, like, it should be legal in all 50 states. And she's like, I am so for it. And it's, you know, I have, when I told my doctor I had never smoked marijuana, he was like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. And then right there, she's like, that told me that he had smoked marijuana. I go, he probably did. And she's like, if a doctor smokes weed, why shouldn't I smoke a little? And I'm like, you know what? Let's light up granny. Let's fucking go. Now I didn't say that part, but how cool would that be? You meet a strange 80 year old woman and you spark up a doobie with her. I think you'd have to call it a doobie based on people's ages is how I refer to marijuana. If you're younger, I'm calling it weed. If you're a certain age, depending, it also depends on what you're wearing. If I'm, if I'm talking to some guy who got, got a round belly, maybe a Hawaiian shirt on, I'm calling it ganja. You really have to think about who you were dealing with. If it's someone over a certain age, some, you know, I could tell that they got an AARP card. I'm calling it a, some, some doobage. You know, smoke a little doobie. You know, you want to smoke the devil's lettuce? You want to smoke those funny cigarettes? You want to, you want to, you know, that's, that's what you do with. If you're smoking, those, if it's some dirty hippie who'd probably been smoking his whole life, you go hemp. You go, I'll do some hemp. I think that's a little different though than marijuana. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know. I remember having marijuana that had some hemp in it once. I'm not even a big weed guy. This was years ago um, with some hockey players. And so you got a bunch of Canadians saying you smoke some hemp theory and it's like you guys gotta fucking shut up because i'm i'm already going crazy in my mind with this stuff i thought it was regular dubage and you guys threw in some stuff i don't trust any of you anymore and so i stopped uh stopped smoking weed with canadians as nice as they are they assume too much they assume too much these people but yes that's the point i think i was trying to make there is Obviously, I'm not saying if you're around a bunch of old people, start dropping some f bombs and being like, "Hey, how the fuck we doing tonight, Gladys?" I'm not saying that, but this idea that you have to handle them with kick up, treat them with respect. But if you get into a conversation, don't act like you know they grew up all pristine and like all pure, and they were just like, "Well, I went to church every Sunday." And guess what? You went to church on that Sunday because after Saturday, you, you gave it to someone good. If you were a dude, and if you were a girl, maybe you took it pretty good. Or, or maybe you know what I mean. There's some stuff to think about there, I suppose. Yeah, but you, but think about how pissed would you be, by the way, if you didn't start getting into marijuana until your until your seventies, because your whole life you bought into the propaganda that weed was terrible for you, right? Your whole life, say no to drugs. You don't want to be smoking that marijuana, right? That's that's the devil's lettuce. You don't want to be doing that kind of stuff, right? You don't. You heard that your whole existence. Then in your mid mid to late 70s, a doctor prescribes it to you. You try it and you're like, I feel fantastic. What the fuck? How have I? I've not been having this my whole life. I could have been having this for the last 50 plus years, but no, some fucking nerd out there, some fucking piece of shit, some frigid bitch, some fucking stiff couldn't, thought it was bad because what? what so you, his eyes got a little red ate too many cookies and, and it ruined it for the rest of us oh i'd be furious i'd be so pissed off that's why again you gotta try stuff while you can you know especially if you're young out there and you don't have any kids or any like real commitments commitments you got give it give a taste of some stuff spice is the variety of life they say Spice it up a little. I'm not saying go out there and do heroin. All right, don't do heroin. That's there's certain things where it's like stick stick away from that uh, fentanyl. Don't touch that stuff. But you know, I mean, try and try new foods. Go to different places. Someone says "Hey, we're gonna go across town to some warehouse. What for? We heard it's abandoned. Might be haunted. Either way, I'm throwing rocks through old windows. Go to that shit. It's too short. This existence we have. Life is too short. I believe there's an old Irish proverb that says we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. So yes, dig in, dig into it. I'm telling you right now. I just, I wonder what else she's trying. I should have told her, I'm like, you know, if you had Molly, you know, she's very old though. She would have been like, I had Molly in college. She was a nice lady. And i be like, Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did. And then, but then I'd be like, no, it's, it's MDMA. It's pure cut. It's supposed to be the better than uh, the other kind of ecstasy Earth you know the ecstasy you might get on the street and she was like "Ooh, street ecstasy not a fan i'm like well you know you got to be careful out there it is not a buyer's market currently so you gotta you gotta be picky and choosy with who you're buying from that is a side note i did this did i mentioned stay were from fentanyl there was a story you know i think i mentioned a few podcasts ago where some you know and it was going around it happened in la comedy scene tragically a few comedians uh you know, took a bad batch of cocaine that was laced with fentanyl and died. I'm just like, what the fuck? And I've heard other stories about this happening through the country. You probably shouldn't do cocaine anyway. D- don't do cocaine, really. It's not, I don't get the uppers of drugs. You know, I was just saying, try everything. I mean, you could give it a taste, but it's very addictive. It's dangerous. What I mean by try everything. I mean, like, you know, take some risks, get outside your comfort zone is really what I meant there. But with coke, I've never gotten it because I, who wants to be that hyped up? Who wants to be going a mile a minute? Like, ah, let's fucking, let's go sprinting down a busy street. Let's go do some crazy shit. Let's, yeah. Who wants to do pushups right now for no reason? I would like, I don't, none of that appeals to me. Uppers don't appeal to me at all. You know, I mean, I like caffeine, I guess, but even that gives you a headache after a while. I don't, I like anything that gives you a solid buzz where you can still maintain your wits about you enough. Cause I would hate to be so drugged up that someone does something stupid in front of me And I can't make fun of them on the spot because my brain's foggy. Those are the things I think about, but I don't get these pricks. I don't get these drug dealers out there who are like, I'm going to secretly lace the batch of drugs I'm selling with something that could potentially kill them. I got to do some research on that because it does not make sense to me. Why would you want to kill off customers? Do you not understand how repeat business works? You think someone's out there going to be like, man, that Coke was so good. It literally killed him. Who's got the guy's number? Does anyone have his number? I want want the drug that's going to literally kill me. Like what a fucking piece of shit of a human being to do something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't, that world doesn't make sense to me. I wonder if it was an accident And because I got, I can't even, even drug dealers. And look, there's some smart drug dealers out there, obviously, pharmaceutical, uh, uh, whole industry there. But even the low level ones who you're like, oh, you're not too bright. You'd think they'd be smart enough to be like, well, I don't want to kill you, you know, because again, it's, 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 you're running a business. That's why when all the conspiracy theory people out there are like, oh, the government's trying to kill us. I'm like, not unless you're a problem, you know, I'm sure they're, they're try to kill Snowden or someone like that. But if you're just a regular person, a regular dude or, or gal walking up, walking around, living your life, why would they want to kill you? You're a customer your tax revenue. They do not want to kill you. They want to keep you around. They want you to get married and make more use. So there's more tax revenue and more, you know, a growing population is usually leads to a better economy, they say. that I I hate that notion. Because even though, as you all know, I have two kids and I love being a dad, I don't push it on anybody. I don't. And when I meet people in their twenties, I go, wait till your thirties to have kids, you know, live it up, do all these things and only do it. If you feel like you're capable and you, you know, it's a big thing. We need more people who having kids who want to have kids that way they're good parents and we're a better society for it. In the same regard though, you meet some people who are like, I'm never having kids. And I'm like, you got, you're a very smart person and you're going to, you're fucking up the whole gene pool going forward. Cause it goes both ways. Because there's a lot of dummies out there who just pumping out all these kids. And I'm like, fuck. This is this is why tr- driving is so hard these days. It's just all the dummies are out there. The cell phone, really, as an invention, as much as I love it, I don't, I often wonder would we be further along in other fields if it wasn't such a distraction? It, it's made so many things worse in a lot of ways. I'm just driving yesterday. Whenever I'm in a hurry, I notice. I'm looking through at everyone else. I'm like, on your phone. You're on your phone. It's a red light. It's going to turn green. You're not going because you're still on your phone. And I'm guilty of it. I've looked down at my phone, looking at like a a, a text or an email. And then I get a beep because I felt, you know, I was not paying attention. And I feel bad. And then I drive extra fast. It's it's just a whole, eh, it's a whole fucking system where it's just like, we got to be better. We got to be better with that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I told her, you guys, you got to try everything, but don't do heroin. That's kind of dumb. You know, what's the arc in me little, like, is this, the, what do you guys think about crypto? Do you guys trust it? I got a little bit of money in Bitcoin and Dogecoin. Cause I had some stuff lying around and I thought like, ah, I'll throw a few bucks in there. Nothing serious. Nothing where if I lost a lot, I, w- I would be hurting or even notice. I forget to check it most days. Um, I'm suspicious. I know we're living in a content world, obviously, but I'm always suspicious of these fucking dudes i see on twitter and instagram and tiktok especially where it's like i got financial advice for you here's what you do you take your money take 10 of every paycheck you buy bitcoin you do that oh oh everyone's on you everyone's saying well bitcoin just went down you know what you do you buy the fucking dip yeah it's down now that makes it cheaper for you it'll be back up you get on the bitcoin you get on the dogecoin you get on your mother's coin you get it like they're all this and they're like here's the secret i found this stock here, here. and in my head i'm like I don't remember, it used to be people who made a fuckload of money off the stock market and stuff. They kept that shit to themselves. They they would give tips in secret. That's why I remember like the 90s and the 2000s. Like in, in TV shows and movies, they'd be like, I got a stock tip for you. Here's the tip. This guy invented a new type of breast implant. It's silicone, right? But when you squeeze them, it, it makes like a honk sound, like an actual, like you're honking a, a car horn. And it's it's pretty great pretty great and they have like a thing too where if you rub the nipples just right it sings whitney houston's cover of dolly parton's i will always love you so and, and that happens while the woman's you got to make her orgasm though if you make her come her breast the nipples have like a speaker it's a whole new thing in breast implants all right so that's the tip company goes public in a week all right you get in on the ground level we're all going to make a fortune because they're going to be on the Today Show the next day. That was what it was. It wasn't a million different people telling. Because that's why. That's why I don't trust it. There's something about it where I'm just like, if everyone knows, it's not. You know, it just it, my, capitalism doesn't work that way. There needs to be a sucker. It's sad, but that's the truth. There needs to be a fool. It, really, when you think about it, in order to. And And that's like the problem, because I feel like capitalism could work better for everybody if there was kind of like, yeah, you're a billion dollar company, we should tax you a little bit, okay? You know why? Because you made your billions because you're exploiting the fuck out of people. You're paying them pennies, and your your profit margin's huge, and you're pocketing all that shit. And all the profit you're making instead of giving back to your workers to be like, thank you for helping us make so much goddamn money, you're not giving it back to your workers. You're instead using that money to buy off politicians so that they could keep making laws so you could keep stuff in your fucking pockets. You know, really, that's that that I was reading, not too in depth, but I was reading about how the income inequality gap is almost as wide, like that big gap between the haves and the haves nots is getting to the French Revolution point. And for those of you who don't know about the French Revolution, all the poor people were like, hey, there's way more of us than the rich people. And they went into the rich parts of town and just started slitting fucking throats. They started ripping throats out, you know, and I don't think that could happen today because the really wealthy people are always pretty smart to be like, hey, you know, Sergeant Sullivan, uh, you want to keep a car parked outside my house? And there's like, oh, sure thing. Just keep giving me, you know, courtside seats. And it's like, yeah, no problem. Deal. Like, so we're back then the people, you know, the people who are in the police department were siding with the, the working class. They're like, oh, we're just like you. Right. And now there's some gray areas to some of this stuff, but it's, it's a dangerous game and it's fucking up some lives. But yeah, in order for a lot of this stuff to work, there needs to be some sort of exploitation. Uh, you know, think about it. That's why, like I was talking about with, and I'm not one of those hate the rich people, you know, the, the thing with the rich is the people who really legitly like built their own company or had an idea or invented something and got rich off of that. Great. The only rich people I have a problem with are the ones who like they inherited massive amounts of wealth, which again, I'm not even mad at. I've got a couple of friends who've inherited some money, but they're honest about it. They go, yeah, I had a grandma died. She gave me a fuckload of money and, or, you know, my dad's family did blah, blah, blah. Right. You get the point, but they're honest about it. I don't like the rich people who are like, they're born rich as shit. When they were 18, they got a huge trust fund with all sorts of money. And then they walk around like, you know, how hard I had to fucking work. Huh? Do you know how hard? It was for me growing up. One time, our elevator wasn't working. I had to go down twelve flights of stairs, huh? To to another that did work because we were in the penthouse. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's uh, and they're just so disconnected, and they can't. If they just admitted, yeah, life was the shit growing up. I think I'd have more respect for them. But really, the billionaires I respect the most, which are very few, because again, they've all exploited their workers and exploited conditions and stuff. And again, because that's the game and people say, well, you can't blame them. I'm like, I mean, I could, cause I don't think I could do that. Cause I've, I've hung out with millionaires and that, that amount of money is inconceivable to me to a point, but to a billion people do not realize, I think something like a million seconds is like 31 days or something like that. I, I might be off on these numbers, but a billion seconds is like 11 years. That's how big the difference is between a million dollars and a billion. And so many people do not realize that. But as far as like billionaires, like Larry David will probably cross, in Seinfeld. They're going to cross the billionaire threshold soon enough. If they haven't already, they didn't exploit anyone to get there. And unless you want to argue like who made like the clothing material, but they didn't really make a lot off of that. Like artists like Paul McCartney. I don't know if I'm exploiting anybody because especially in television like dick wolf the creator of law and orders he i'm sure he's about close to be a billionaire all of his shows are union shows people in unions make really good money so there's no exploitation there right um and again paul mccartney he's written some of the greatest songs of all time he's a Beatle, and you know that's different that's like you're making it through your artistry but like a guy like jeff bezos he would have, the thing that kills me about him is he would have been a billionaire regardless. And honestly, I think he deserves to be a billionaire. He made it so that I don't have to go to malls in the month of December, which are torturous. As we all know, I could order stuff from the comfort of my own couch. Great. That Amazon changed the world as we know it. Do I think he needs to have 99 billion or hundred billion? Hell no. Hell no because he is exploiting workers and all that his employees should be making way more obviously the person who created it deserves the most they took the risk right because he, he put a lot of his own money when it started out and if that failed then yeah he took he'd he take on the risk but when you get to a certain level there needs to be some more of the profit sharing I feel like I really and that's why I am pro-union because then the union the workers get to collectively bargain and say all right well you're going to keep fucking us over here because without the workers, you're not making the money. So whenever people say, Oh, more tax cuts will lead to more jobs. It's, there's no proof of that at all. We'll lead to more jobs as more customers because you could say, Hey, we're going to cut your taxes and they'll and any corporation. Will be like, Great. And then a year later, did you hire anyone new? No. Why would we hire anyone new? we didn't need to? We only hire new people if we need more work done. If I own a bar and I have two bartenders, and they say, hey, we're going to cut your taxes. I go, great. And then they go, so are you going to hire a third bartender? They're like, no. But if 100 people, 100 more people start walking into the bar every night, then yeah, I'm going to need to hire a third bartender. You see, that's who creates jobs. Customers create jobs. Even businesses don't technically create jobs without customers. You, you listening right now in your car, on, on the treadmill, in bed, depressed, I hope you're not. Get up, get some sunshine, have some water. You're you're a job creator. I hope you're aware of that. We are all, anyone who consumes is a job creator. And America is a 70% consumer-based economy. So I don't know how I even went down this whole diatribe. And I hope some of it made a lot of sense. Just some things I've been thinking about lately when it comes to some stuff. Because when I read some of the numbers about how much the richer the rich have gotten and how much the poorer there's no growth there i think to myself I'm like this cannot sustain itself much longer and could the quicker people realize that the quicker we make some fixes the better we could all be again oh yeah so with the bitcoin thing and all that kind of stuff yeah there's something the the nfts all that i gotta get educated because i don't like talking about shit i don't know maybe everything is legit maybe it is the future and i should be getting more on it i just if the information is so readily available it makes me doubt it a little bit When it comes to the world of the stock market and things like that and, and money, just something to think about everyone. All right. Thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, check out the Patreon for as little as $3 a month gets you into a tier that gives you a lot of cool stuff. That top tier that gets you uh, producer credit and all the podcast clips that go on YouTube. And there are a lot of those out there. Thank you again so much for listening to the Joe Kilgown podcast. Check out my website. I got some dates coming up, mostly in the Chicago area throughout the rest of the year. And then in 2022, we'll be hitting the road. So again, I appreciate this. Tell your friends, you guys are all the best. Cheers.